0: worshiping here with you. Great to be celebrating Jesus Christ who is the King of Kings. And all of God's people said, man, may we not miss it. We are here for one reason, to make much of Jesus Christ. And uh, we've been talking in the series that we're in now, it's called Summit Life. What does it mean to experience the richness and the deepness and the greatness of our God? How can we experience him in a huge way? As you heard in this song just now, how can we experience his glory? How can we be rocked by him? And as we look back over these past couple of weeks, each week when we're walking through these passages, we're going to be talking about what it means to be experiencing God. And these different experiences we're going to be looking at in Scripture are when God called someone up to a mountaintop experience, right? And so a couple of weeks back, we were looking at Mount Moriah, And Abraham and Isaac, and God called him up and he said, this is what I want you to do. And it was a huge call. It was a tough call. Abraham, believing in God, though, said, the Lord will provide. And there was this thunderous statement of God's provision on Mount Moriah that ultimately and finally was completed in Jesus Christ as he gave his life, dying on the cross and rising again, right there just to the side of right where that all took place at Mount Moriah. And then last week, we were looking at the hill of Rephidim with Moses. He had now taken the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And as he brought them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, they were at Rephidim, a little bit of whining moment from them. And then they were getting attacked. And as they started to be attacked by the Amalekites, Moses goes up on top of the hill at Rephidim. And every time his arms were raised in the air and he was thunderously crying out to God in prayer, they were winning. Israel was winning. And every time his arms dropped, they started to lose, and they started realizing really fast that they needed to go to their God with this thing. Moses raising his hands, uh, Aaron and Hur ending up holding his arms up as well, and they held him up all day long. Everybody say, that's a long time. Keeping your arms up in the air all day long, and they came before God in this massive statement, we win because of our God, victory. And that was last week and what it means to have an answer to prayer along the way. And today we're looking at what it means to experience his glory. To experience his glory. And how do we go about doing that? So turn with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 33, starting in verse 12. Exodus 33, starting in verse 12. What steps do we go on in order to experience God's glory? Well, point number one here. Approach God boldly and confidently, but not arrogantly or disrespectfully. It's a really fine line and a really important line to draw. Approach God boldly and confidently, but not arrogantly or disrespectfully. Right? We just got to make sure we got the backstory to this before we dive in here. So this is Moses. Again, last week we were on Exodus chapter 22. So just a few chapters back. They were at Rephidim, the whole prayer, and the answer to prayer, and they began to win over the Amalekites, right? That was a huge deal. After that win, they moved forward, and God took the nation to Mount Sinai. Just 10, 12 chapters later, they're at Mount Sinai, and they're now there dealing with God's next step for them, and God takes Moses up on top of the hillside. You have to remember, they are a nation who was in captivity in Egypt. They were released because of the plagues that God brought, God doing a work, everybody say God has a plan, they were released because of God's plan, they are let go, they are ending up trapped at the Red Sea, but God parts the waters, they walk through on dry land, God has a plan, they get to Rephidim and they're like, are we there yet, this is horrible, I'm thirsty, right, that whole thing that we experience on every car ride we ever go on with our family, right? And they're on that trip, and they're going, this is ridiculous. God, what are you doing? And God ends up answering this massive prayer, providing water. And then as the Amalekites attack, providing victory. Remember all that's been provided. They get to Mount Sinai. Moses goes up on the hilltop to talk with God. And as he's up on Mount Sinai, God ends up bringing out the Ten Commandments, this massive understanding of how to interact with God and what his thoughts are on it. Down below, the people legit, this is what they said. Well, he's been gone for a long time. I don't know, maybe, maybe something bad happened to him. We should just change everything and do whatever we think is right. And so they end up making a golden calf. In fact, the quote actually says, let's make something we can worship for how we got out of Egypt. What? What? They literally made an idol. They were copying what they had seen in Egypt. They made a golden calf and started to worship it in trying to say thanks for getting us free. Talk about a short-term memory, right? Can barely keep it together. Moses coming down from this awesome experience with his God, holding the Ten Commandments, gets to the bottom, sees the worshiping of the golden calf, and he loses it. He takes these 10 commandments, he throws them down, they break on the ground. He's having a temper tantrum of sorts. He's like, what is going on? He goes through this huge confrontation and this massive moment and God says, it's time for this to be dealt with. So he calls the Levite priests over to him and he says, strap on a sword. God has given us a command. And there were specific people they were to go out and get relationship of them that they had to kill that day. 3,000 people killed that day by Moses and the Levite priest saying, enough, enough of wandering away and doing your own thing and forgetting about God. That's where we're picking it up now. As Moses is getting ready to go back up on the mountain for the second time and have a chat with God. It says, verse 12 of chapter 33 in Exodus, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Let's just hold there. Moses talking to the Lord, everybody say, that's prayer. Okay, so Moses talking to the Lord, here's his prayer. He starts out, see, Everybody say, that's a terrible plan. Okay, first word out of his mouth, he goes to the imperative form. Listen, mister, you need to understand something. Like that's how he starts talking to God. See, he's starting with an imperative and he's beginning to put a command down, putting God in his place, if you will. And Moses said, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. What is he talking about? I just had to kill 3,000 people and I'm not feeling real good about it. I just had to help take down the lives of people. And I thought you said I was saving these people and now I'm killing these people. And and God, what's going on here? And uh, I'm deeply confused. When he says the word see, he's saying, you need to understand this, God. You promised something, but now it's getting confusing. He says, yet you have said, I know you by name and you also have found favor in my sight god when i talk with you you had made a promise to me you said you know my name that's a personal walk with god god personally aware of who he is and what he's about and he's like lord you said you knew me inside and out how do you not know that this is freaking me out god i thought you knew me inside and out you said you knew my name and you said that you that i found favor in your sight that, that you would bless me, and that I would be a blessing to you, that, God, there would be some amazing stuff taking place because of our interaction, and, Lord, it doesn't feel like that's happening. Moses' prayer. This is not one of those prayers where you go home and you're like, I should model my prayer after this. We all get that? And it'd be nice every once in a while, and if, if in Scripture, it actually said, by the way, this was bad, Right? I've told you before I would love to write that Bible where you take exactly scripture and then every once in a while you just put it like commentary note. By the way, this is bad, right? He's losing it. He's going off. He's trying to correct God because of how he feels. He's not real happy with what's been going down. It says, after he's corrected him, now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways. Show me your ways. Show me your way. I really just say, show me your ways. It's going to be really important that we understand that phrase because that phrase gets changed in just a moment as Moses starts to realize who he's dealing with. But he's like, God, I don't get your plan. Show me your plan. Show me what you're talking about. Show me your ways. Where are you headed? I need to know your steps. What's going on that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight? Have you ever had one of those moments when you're praying? and you're beginning to lose it a little bit, and it's starting to get temper tantrum-ish. So then all of a sudden, you start to make it sound a little bit more respectful. And he's like, look, show me your ways, then I'll know you. You hear what he's doing? He's like trying to, all of a sudden, he's trying to warm it up a little bit. Like it is about relationship. I want to know you. Just show me what you're doing. You're confusing me beyond measure here, and Lord, show me your ways, and I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Like, I would love to find favor in your sight. Maybe you could help me out here. Uh, A little bit more blame being thrown at God. And God responds back. He's like, look, I just want to make sure that you're grasping this, God. You said that you know my name. You said that I'm actually finding favor in your sight. Could you please help that happen? God's getting prepped to answer. I love this, but Moses feels like he hasn't stacked the deck enough yet. One more before he gets to it. He says, consider too that this nation is your people. Man, this is a bad moment. This prayer is not going well. Like God, here's the deal. You said you knew my name, point number one. (laughs) You said you knew my name. Point number two, you said that I found favor in your sight. I believe I'm not finding favor right now. If you could do a few things, that would be really nice. Point number three, there is a nation of people here, and consider this, they are your people. They're your nation. Maybe you could do something about that. Uh, This is a bold prayer. Uh, This is a confident prayer. This is an arrogant prayer. This is out of line. Everybody say this is out of line. And make sure that your prayer doesn't go so far as to accuse God who is perfect, sinless, righteous, holy, awesome. May we not in our own little brokenness somehow feel that we have it together and God's missing the point. Right? And so he's like, all right, those are my three points, God. That's where I stand. What do you think? And and God has an answer for him. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. You know, there's times when you read the Bible, you read through it, and you just kind of read it, and you're like, oh, that's nice. But I'm telling you, think about what Moses just said. Listen, you got to show me your ways. You got to show me what you're doing. Like, I'm going to need to hear what's going on. God, consider these people. Will you do something of gentle love here or something? Because, God, what are you doing? God's answer, my presence We'll go with you. Are you hearing it? You're asking for the steps along the way, and I won't give it to you. Have you ever noticed that that's what God does with us? When he's walking you through the journey of life, he doesn't say, here's the next 19 steps. Now I know you don't need me, so I'm going to go away. You go hang out with yourself in your 19 steps for a while. Everybody say, not that. He doesn't give us the list of, here's the next steps. He doesn't blow the fog back so you can see everything. He keeps it a bit of a mist and he keeps us right by his side and his presence is with us. And what are you wrestling with today? What are you struggling with and longing for God to be answering in some way? Please know this. Don't worry about the steps. Long for his presence. God says, listen to me. My presence is with you. That's what's going on, that you might be able to rest. It doesn't help for me to tell you all the steps that are going to take place because they're too big for you. You're going to freak out. Hang on. I'm going to go on this journey with you, and you have me with you. Look at the patience of God. He is getting yelled at, bossed. Pushed around, imperatives are being used, accusations are being used, the three-point outline of where God is wrong has been given to him. And God says, just hang on, my presence is going to be with you and it is going to be amazingly restful. That's where we need to go with our prayer. Lord God, I long for your presence. All too often our prayer is, Lord, what is your way? What are you trying to accomplish here, God? Lord, I long for your presence. Everybody just say your presence. That's what we're going for. God corrects him and says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, well, if your presence will not go with me, do not. I can't even say this. This is so disrespectful, man. God is like, just relax, just relax. My presence will be with you. Well, you got to say this with the biggest whining voice you can possibly get, right? Well, if your presence won't go with me, don't even bring me up from here. You got to hear it like that. This is like this massive, like, well, God, of course. Maybe we could even put this in there instead of all that sentence. No, duh. Do you hear this disrespect? Disrespect. This is not good prayer, man. This is a man who was called to be a man of God and he's actually super insecure in the midst of it and so he's unleashing it back on God. And he actually is basically saying, well, God, I, yeah, I know that. I, I know that's the plan. Like if that wasn't the plan, I don't even want to leave here. I don't want to wander around. I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. And God's like, right, now you're starting to get it a little bit. If your presence won't go with me, don't even bring me up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? Like he's starting to grasp it. Good. Yes. My presence with you is what it's about. Moses is actually beginning to give the plan right here as much as he needs to know of it. Isn't it you going with me along the way? Yes. And isn't that supposed to be where I find rest? Yes. It would have been fair for God to say, I believe that's what I said, right? Do you hear this conversation going on where God is slowly, gently, softly moving a soul from absolute rebellion into being with him? God is being gracious with the rebellion, with the sin man, this is our God. Massive mercy in light of our sinfulness and brokenness. And here's the beauty of it. We need to be respectful in our our prayer. But often we get selfish. And God is patient in the midst and he calls us through it. But man, I'm telling you, we better grasp it as about his presence, not our demand. And all of God's people said. Super big deal that we get it. It I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth, we will be made distinct by you going out with us. Like, isn't that the plan? Isn't that what it's all about? Moses beginning to turn a little bit of a corner as he's saying, Okay, God, your presence, I get that. Good that we go that way. I I was hoping that that would be the answer for sure. And that's where we're going to be made distinct is in you with us. Huge deal. You know, this past week, I was pulling up some book titles on prayer. You would not believe the titles of books that I found on prayer. Here's a few book titles. Pray to Win. Man, that just hurts. me. I'm almost saying it. Here's another one. Prayer is negotiation. Here's another one. Three tips to get what you want. I'm glad you're laughing because these are bad moments, man. Here's another one. Bargaining prayer. I had to look for about four minutes to get these. These are top name things selling right now, man. Why? Because people want what they want. And so what markets and what sells is let me tell you how to get what you want. But just so we're super crystal clear, that's not prayer. Everybody say that's not prayer. Dude, that's not what it's about. James chapter four, verses one and two, it says, we don't have because we don't ask. So prayer is about asking at some level, but then it says right after it, but we ask amiss that we might consume it on our own lusts. When we do ask, we run off and we're like, just give me this and give me this and give me this. And we start getting all selfish and our prayer is starting to demand for me. May we be clear and specific, but may we not be selfish and lustful in the middle of our asking and our praying. And uh, maybe we should use Jesus' example as he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. As he drops to his knees and he begins to pray with fervor and his sweat is coming off, it says, like drops of blood, so thick, like drops of blood. As he is praying with this intensity, as he is handing over what he's carrying. Are you in one of those spots? where you are carrying a weight that is unbelievable. And you're coming to your God with this intensity and Christ is like, Father, take this cup from me. Like I know what's coming and I'm good if the plan changes and it's no longer me going to the cross. It's no longer me carrying the weight of this world and the sin of this world. It's no longer me having to rise from the dead and bring victory that way. If the plan changes, I'm in. Take this cup from me. But he didn't finish there. He said, But not my will, your will be done. Man, that is thunderous prayer. God, I'm laying this down. And Lord, this struggle is huge. And God, I'm just telling you, I would love for it to be like this, but your will be done. Like, what do you want done, God? Like, God, I can't wait for you to do something. And your will in your way, my God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it. That is thunderous prayer. You're clear with your God about what hurts and where you're at. But you can't wait for your God to do what he sees fit. May he get the glory. And what are you wrestling with? Make sure you're bringing it to your God respectfully. Prayer is not demand, it is dependence. It's a phrase I wrote down this week as I was working on it. Prayer is not demand. It is dependence. It's not demand. It is your dependence on him. How are you doing it depending on him? How are you doing it coming before your God humbly and respectfully and saying, Lord, whatever you see fit, I hand this to you. Lord, this hurts and it hits like a ton of bricks, but I'm giving it to you. May we lean on him. Boldly and confidently, but not arrogantly or disrespectfully. How are you doing with that? Second, bask in his glory that brings life-altering transformation. Bask in his glory that brings life-altering transformation. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, verse 17, I love this. Remember, Moses is just now heard from God. God's like, my my presence is going to be with you. And Moses is like, well, I hope so. I thought that was the plan. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Isn't that really how it's all supposed to work? Here's God's answer back. The Lord says, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. Think of how gracious that response is. This very thing that you have spoken, I will do. He legit could have said, this very thing that I have spoken... And then you're finally catching up on, I will do. That's not what he says. He says, this very thing you have spoken, you're getting it. You're coming along, Moses. You're starting to understand it. Good job. Keep coming. That's where I'm going. That's what I'm doing. The mercy of God, even in the midst of our prayer as he works with us. He says, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. I love this moment. When our God repeats the promises of who he is, know this, that's character you can count on. Moses is like, I thought you knew my name. And and, and I thought that I had favor in your sight. And God is like, I know your name. And you do have favor in my sight. That is true. It is what I said and it is true. Because when God says it, it is And he's restating the promise here, and he's like, you hang on, man, I'm telling you, power prayer leans on the promises of God. And God's like, yeah, let's make sure you grasp and understand, yep, exactly what you were claiming is true. Moses now says, please, good word, right? Like he starts with, see, that's how he started. Now we've gotten just a little ways down, and we're at, please, all right, now you're understanding who's in charge. He knows that he just shifted his mindset and he's in line with God now. Please, Lord, show me your, what's the word? Glory. What was the word before? Show me your ways. Give me the steps. Give me the plan. I need to know what's going on. All right, all right, all right. I don't need to know that anymore. Show me your glory. You are unbelievable. You should have just smacked me down and you are working with me and I hear your mercy. God, show me your glory. This is thunderous prayer for you to be able to say to your God each morning when you wake up, show me your glory. Lord, I am ready as a created being to meet the Creator. Rock my world with who you are. Man, I'm telling you, that is no small prayer, and God is ready to walk you down a path that will blow your mind. Lord, show me your glory. As Moses says, please show me your glory. God says to him, I will. Don't you love those prayer moments? You're like, Lord, this would be my prayer. I will. Awesome. Right? But then he tells him how. He says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord I am. I will pass all my goodness before you. Again, don't read too fast. He's like, show me your glory. Here's what God could have said. When you break God's Uh, total character down there's really two segments there's his greatness and his goodness all right and I'll just say these words in his greatness there is perfection power holiness knowledge he is eternal he has all authority that is God's greatness he has what we cannot and never will have God's greatness But then there's God's goodness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his tenderness, his care, his forgiveness, his self-sacrifice, in one word, his relationship with us, right? And he says, show me your glory. He could have said, I will. I will show you all my power. I will show you my thunderous holiness. I will show you who I am that is utterly different than anything you are. I will. That's not what he says. He says, I will show you my goodness. You want to see some glory? You hang on. Here comes mercy. Here comes tender. Here comes love. I'm going to show you my goodness. And I love that God answers back. He says, I will show you all my goodness, I will have it passed before you and I will proclaim before you my name. I am that I am the Lord. I am that I am. I have no beginning. I have no end. I have no dependence on any other creature. I am that I am. I am going to pass before you the vastness of me and the goodness of me attached. It says, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Why is he saying that? Mm -hmm. Moses, I'm bringing you back to your first point now where you said, I don't even know who I'm going to lead out of here. Like, who are you having mercy on, God? And God says, you want my glory and my goodness? I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy be questioning the decision here, Moses. You barely understand my goodness as it is lavishing on massive amounts of forgiveness. The mercy is coming unleashed in this nation. My glory is in my mercy. Our God's glory is in his mercy. His glory is in his mercy. Everybody say it's in his mercy. So when we say, Lord, show me your glory. Lord, show me your mercy with me. Lord, I'm ready to see who I am and what needs to go. And I'm ready to see who you are in full light of your goodness. Lord, may I get in line. He says, this is an amazing moment. I will show my graciousness. I will show my mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. He's like, listen, all of the goodness of me is going to come rolling in front of you, but you cannot see my face. I'd kill you. My goodness is so stunningly massive that it would literally take your sinful little currently rebellious soul and knock you down for good. There is nothing of my goodness that I can roll in front of you just widely open so that you can see my face. It would kill you. But here's a wonderful promise, Revelation 22, verse 3. After we have believed in Jesus Christ, when we die, when we have this moment, we're in heaven for all eternity, right? Heaven for eternity because of Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection as we declare, he is my savior. I believe in him, he is my Lord. I confess him as my Lord. That's saved. When we have all of eternity with him, here's what it says. Revelation 22, verse 3: No longer will there be anything accursed. Praise God for that. All the brokenness gone, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face. Let that settle, man. Amen. Get this. We can't stand the presence of God's face right now because of our sinfulness and his glorious goodness. But when he does the eternal transformation of our soul and of our body, when we are with him for all eternity, we will bask in the full face of the goodness of God. Man, I'm telling you, unleashed forever, there is nothing going to be like it. Today we say, Lord, please show me a Little bit of your glory. And man, I'm telling you, for all eternity, we are going to be basking in the face of our Father. And all of God's people said, don't miss it. His statement to Moses, you can't handle me, man. I'm too much goodness, but I'm going to give you a little bit. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Like if my glory hit you, it would kill you. So I'm going to block it off with my hand and you'll see what happens. And uh, Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Huge as we grasp the glory of God. you know this past week we were uh, just enjoying the weather this was an unbelievable week and especially at the back end of the week and we had the privilege of being able to get out and relax a little bit and went over to the Morton Pumpkin Festival and we we're at the parade on Saturday morning great weather and just enjoying there and i love as the parade's coming by seeing all the kids who know the candy's coming so they're on the curb and they're lined up i mean the quads had to get tired man because they're lined up like ready to rock. They have brought bags the size of their whole bodies, right? They're like wrapping up. They're ready to go. And as the people are coming by and they're throwing candy, they're racing out and they're grabbing candy. Some of them are just holding up their arms and candy's being thrown at them. They're just grabbing it and throwing it in and they're just stockpiling the candy. And then there's the rest of us kind of standing in the back and we're talking, we're barely paying attention to what's going on out there, getting hit with candy, Right? As you're standing, like, what in the world is going on, right? Somebody catch it a little better, right? The candy is being thrown everywhere. They're collecting it everywhere. Man, I'm telling you, God is lavishly throwing out his glory like it's a parade. Do you have your bag ready? Are you on the curb, ready to go after it, looking to collect, saying, God, I cannot wait to bask in your glory, May we grasp even a little bit of the goodness of our God. May we bask in his glory. And all of God's people said, huge deal. The privilege that we have is not to get our way. The privilege that we have is to be in his presence and to be stirred by him with all we've got. Are you ready to run after your God's glory? That said, I just wanted to throw a few thoughts out there. We are Summit Point Church. We've changed our name and we're going after uh, being this place where we can belong, pursue, and experience our living God. So what does it look like to belong, pursue, and experience here at Summit? And I just wanted to give just a, a little bit of info here on what it means to pursue His glory here at this place, all right? So here's a couple of thoughts in pursuing his glory, going after it with all you've got for God Almighty. First one, in our giving, in our giving, may we pursue his glory in our giving. And uh, man, we give as an act of worship. God owns it all, right? And we are but managers. And so we give back to him of our first fruits, just saying thank you, Lord, along the way as we give to him just a sweet opportunity to say thank you. And and, um, I just want to say that your giving does a huge thing here to continue to run these ministries. God is doing so much in the ministries of this place because of your faithful giving. And you guys are just doing a phenomenal job with faithful, worshipful giving. It's awesome. And I want to let you know that we as elders, uh, we don't take it lightly. And one of the things we've been very serious about over the past 10 years really in all ways is being able to be wise with good stewardship along the way. And one of the things we're going after in the giving is we're looking to pay down the debt. Our goal is in the next year and a half, two years at the most, but probably more like let's just put a little bit on it in the next year and a half or less, we long to see this mortgage paid to zero. May God get all the glory. Amen, man. Man, Good stewardship. Let's get to a spot. There's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot going on in this state. Let's get to a spot where we can be ready to help in whatever needs are going on, and let's make sure it's not just about paying down some loan. And all of God's people said. And so we're going to have that paid off fast. We've been going at that faithfully for a number of years. We're down to almost right at uh, a million and just about to go under it, and we long to have that paid off in the next year and a half. All right? That's where we are. And uh, one other thing. A number of you in here are like, I get the giving thing. Um, I don't own a check. And notice how quiet it just got? It like, I don't want to say that, but... So we do now have online giving as of this past week. All right? So online giving is now available. Uh, For those of you who were like, I refuse to get a check... You can now give through online giving. You can get that on our website. You can go to the give button on the far right. You can go to our church app. You can get it there, all right? And uh, just to be clear, that means that there is text to give. That means you can give through a debit card. You can give through the credit card. Please don't ever go in debt giving, but you can use the credit card, and obviously there are benefits to some of that, and some of you are wise to that. And then there's also you can give just by giving the bank account numbers, and it can be pulled across. You can set it up for repeat gives, all that stuff, all right? Just so we're clear, there's also a thing that has always been out there, which is you can go to your bank, and you can push it from your bank over here, and that e-check give is... Always been available, all right? So giving, online giving is now available. That's been something we've been prayerfully looking at for a number of years. So there is some things you can look at. When you go to do the online give, it actually will show you some of the fee elements there, and you'll see which ones have a little bit more and a little bit less. We definitely have a very aggressive, very low feed thing, which is good, all right? So you can take advantage of the online give. Praise God for that. Honestly, I thought there might be a few applause on the online give thing. There we go. I'm telling you, you know there's a few of you. A few of you already saw saw it in the pre-thing, and you saw it on the banner, and I already heard about it, like from two or three of you already going, that's awesome. So uh, excited for that. Uh, In our giving, all right, that's number one. Number two, in our marriages. Man, we are excited about the marriages that we have in this place and going after building into our marriages. I want you to know this year we're going to be doing a marriage conference. It's coming up Valentine's Day weekend, all right? February 14th is on a Friday. It's on a Friday, guys. February 14th is on a Friday, guys, all right? So we have something for you. We're going to be doing a marriage conference here. It's going to be Friday night and Saturday morning here at this place. Registration isn't opened up for a little while. We're going to still be nailing down the details, but we're bringing in Gary Thomas from the outside. He is a great speaker, author. He wrote the book Sacred Marriage and other books. We're going to have him coming in. He's going to be speaking at that along with some others on Friday night, Saturday morning, and then he's going to be preaching here that weekend on that Sunday as well, All right. So we're doing a giant marriage conference. We'd love to pack this place full. This is appropriate if you are dating seriously, engaged, or married, going after it. If you even want to come and just be learning what it's all about, very appropriate. So we look for this to be a fired up conference, making much of our God in the midst of our marriages, all right? And uh, so there will be more info on that. Get ready, guys. Uh, You're going to be responsible for getting that thing signed up, all right? That's where we're going with that. Here's another one. In our personal walk, pursuing God's glory. Lord, we long for you to do something in our lives. That's, that includes our impact groups. This includes our studies. We have so many different options. There are impact groups, kind of that main thing outside of Sunday mornings that you can go after. Our studies, also available. And uh, those are great supplemental things. You hear about those all the time, too, getting plugged into those. That you might start to learn more about your God and go after it, all right? Uh, but belonging and pursuing... That's what we're talking about. That gets as simple as grabbing a t-shirt and saying, I'm a part of something, and I long to see God do something in my life, right? As we go after his glory, we are belonging and pursuing and experiencing his glory. Grab the t-shirt, represent it well, and go after it. Like Pastor Steve said, we've got all the sizes replenished and refilled. Get back there and get a size that makes sense for you, and uh, may God get all the glory in the midst of it as you get ready to go after him. Baptism's coming up, huge part of this personal walk. If you have trusted Christ as Savior and have not since been baptized, come join us. We're going to talk more about that next week in the service and give an opportunity to sign up. But you can sign up online this week as well if you want to, all right? Baptisms is a huge deal, and I would love to have you be a part of it. And um, here's a big piece of our in personal walk and going after his glory. Uh, we are going to have uh, an Israel tour next year, October. All right, we're going to Israel and that's uh, October 2020. It's October 19th through the 28th and uh, you can sign up starting right now online. It's available. There's a $600 down payment that's needed to be able to reserve your spot and we would love to have you. There's room for 50 people to go on that. And we fully understand that an Israel trip has a little bit more cost to it. It may not be for everybody, but if this is for you, I'm telling you, this is a sweet moment to experience the geography, to grasp a little bit of the the names from the Bible and see how close together things are. Uh, So much of it is so like it used to be back then and being able to see it and experience it and then worship your God in his holy land. Man, it is an awesome privilege and opportunity. So we're going to be taking 50 people next year. There's also a wait list, so if that 50 gets filled, get your name on the wait list, and we'll be talking about what another trip looks like if that's needed, all right? And uh, we're just excited to be going after it. Feel free to be signing up right away on that. I can't say enough about it. It's going to fill, all right? So we're excited about the Israel trip next year, October 2020. And then the last one is in our planting. Um, We are going to be church planting. We've got three more church plants in Haiti going on right now that we're looking to build into, and that'll put us up to nine plants in Haiti. We're extending the love and the glory and the grace of God that he has poured into this place, down into a nation that is in a world of hurt in a ton of ways. And we're excited to see God doing amazing things there. And then we'll be looking at all that God has moment by moment and day by day. Here's the deal, man. We have a God who is lavishing his glory out. He is declaring my presence right here with you. He is throwing his glory like candy at a parade. Are you ready to be collecting in and making much of your God? To be worshiping him and celebrating him boldly and confidently, but not arrogantly, as you make much of your God in every facet of your life from the giving to the marriage, to the personal walk, to being able to partner in as we go out and go after it. May God's glory pour into your life as you make much of him. And all of God's people said, man, don't miss it, his glory. It's the thing that we talk about, that glory, it has two words and two meanings. One is what we send to him, his glory. Praise his name. Thank you, Lord. And it's the other is what comes from him. And man, he shares what comes from him, his goodness. He lavishes it on with all he's got. Are you ready to taste and see that the Lord is good? And all of God's people said, let's pray.